ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا فيهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الكلام كلام الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار وبعد before we begin the lecture there's no doubt ikhwan that we have to mention the fadl and the virtue of Allah azza wa jal upon ahlus sunnah open on the country but here in stoke in specific allahu akbar wallahi ni'ma ikhwan i mean it it literally brings tears to the eyes to see a masjid such as this one now completed in this beautiful form a masjid that is simple but beautiful and that Allah azza wa jalla has blessed ahlus sunnah to own wallahi ni'ma ni'ma ikhwan from praying in the back of masajid giving duros in the back of the masajid of individuals who couldn't stand us now to being blessed with houses from the houses of Allah azza wa jal that have been established and erected in this most beautiful fashion and that ikhwan is subhanallah for those who have had years in the da'wah you will know that this is a a huge and amazing achievement ikhwan for ahli sunnah and it is this ayuhal ikhwah that when you see those appeals and when you hear the brothers asking for support it is this ikhwan that they they asking for support to establish it's not something ikhwan that goes to the pockets of any one individual or any group of individuals as far as the brothers themselves and their their livelihood they earn it ikhwan through their work or through their business or other affairs when they ask the community to aid the building and the establishment of the houses of Allah it is to produce the likes of this that you're sitting in right now ikhwan mashallah mukayyif uh, sound system like the haram <laughs> beautiful and this is ikhwan yani these are the fruits of the sa'i and the striving of ahlus sunnah and this is the fark ikhwan and the difference between ahlus sunnah and the salafiyun وغيرهم. those who make claims and those who whose da'wah is a da'wah ikhwan that has no real fruit the da'wah of ahlus sunnah bihamdillah it is beautiful in terms of that which it is, is, is establishes from faham and from ilm and it is similarly in relation to what you are being encouraged with you see the fruits of it in the dunya qabla al-akhirah before you pass away alhamdulillah the brothers ikhwan i'm sure the brothers here in stoke i'm sure they're now looking at the masjid remembering when this was just an idea and now it is manifested ikhwan in front of our eyes and we're here sitting ikhwan fi baytin min buyutillah yani haqiqatan min ahsan ahsan al-masajid here in britain from the best of the masajid that we have seen in the UK beautiful wallahi ikhwan beautiful ni'mah 
And this is Ahlul Sunnah. Alladheena immakkannahum fil ard, Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, aqamu salah wa ataw zakah wa amaru bil ma'ruf wa nahaw anil munkar wa lillahi aqibatul umur. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions those who, when we establish them in the earth, what is it they do? Aqamu salah. They establish the salah. وَمِنْ ذَلِكَ بِنَاءَ الْمَسَاجِدِ Building masajid is from that. أَقَامُ الصَّلَاةِ يعني that they don't enter into politics and competing with politicians. أَقَامُ الصَّلَاةِ Their concern is the establishment of houses from the houses of Allah. The establishment of ibadah. The establishment of worship. The establishment of da'wah. The spread of tawheed. The calling to Allah Azza wa Jal. This is, these are those who Allah Azza wa Jal has praised. Those who, when we establish them in the earth, aqamu salah, wa'atau zakah, and they give zakah. Wa'amaru bil ma'roof, and they command with good, wa'nahawain al-munkar, and they forbid the evil, and to Allah Azza wa Jal is the outcome of all affairs. Wallahi khuan ni'mah. And there is no doubt that the subject of tonight's lecture which we'll keep short is around these very fruits that we're witnessing the statement of Rabi'a Ibn Abi Abdurrahman also known as Rabi'a al-Ra'i the Sheikh of Imam Malik Imam Udari al-Hijrah his popular statement Ikhwan Concerning ilm, wherein he mentions al-ilm wasila ila kulli fadila. Al-ilm wasila ila kulli fadila. That knowledge is a wasila and is a means to to the establishment of every virtue. Since our conference revolves around and this daughter revolves around the topic of rectification. There is no doubt, ayuhal ikhwa, that our scholars have spoke concerning rectification from a number of angles. And from perhaps the most comprehensive of those who have spoken in our era, statement of Sheikh al-Albani, rahimahullah ta'ala, who speaks concerning and mentions and used to mention regularly, rahimahullah, that which is related to our da'wah being based upon tasfiyah and tarbiyah. Purifying the ranks and nurturing the ummah upon this pure Islam. Tasfiya and tarbiyah returns in totality back to ilm, back to knowledge. Sheikh al-Albani, even at a time ikhwan, when the people used to fight against his da'wah, he was relentless in spreading and propagating this message that our da'wah it revolves and the rectification of the ummah revolves and returns back to tasfiya wa tarbiya tasfiya the purification of all of the uloom and all of the sciences that are present within our deen the purification of the aqidah the purification of that which is related to ibadah the purification of the affairs related to mu'amalat and the transactions and dealings, the purification of that which is related to the ahkam connected to the hudud, that which is related to tafsir and usul al-fiqh and the, the uloom, the uloom al-ala or those sciences that service the deen of Allah and the understanding of the deen. The tasfiyah returns back to purifying all of that. Hadith, ilm al-hadith, all of the sciences that service the deen, tasfiyah returns back to purifying it, removing from it the ahadith al-da'ifa, the ahadith al-mawdu'a, removing from it those ahadith that are saqima, removing from the deen that which is related to ara, those ara or those ideas that are alien to our deen removing from it the afkar that are yani, mustawrada 
those afkar that have been imported into our religion that are not from it. Removing from it everything that is alien. Purifying the deen from a, from a standpoint of ill. And then, tarbiya. Nurturing the ummah al-Islamiyah upon the Islam al-Musaffa, the pure Islam. Nurturing them, raising an ummah who are acquainted with the, or that is acquainted with the sahih, sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu Acquainted with the book of Allah and its meaning and the statements of the salaf in relation to the ayat and the commands of Allah azzawajal. In that ayuh al-ikhwa is fawz. And it is a simple qaid, a simple principle, but in it is the success of this ummah. If only we but knew. For indeed our book, the Quran, the book of Allah azzawajal, it is filled with every form of guidance. The ummah, ikhwan, it needs no other form of huda other than that which has come. From Allah Azza wa Jal and from His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yakfina Kitabu Rabbina Yakfina Sunnat Nabiyina Yakfina Fahm al-Salaf al-Salih All of these three are sufficient for us. The Book of Allah, the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, the Fahm and the Understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah Ridwan Allah Alayhim. Thus, our Salafiyya, Ikhwan, it is that simple. And it is that simplicity that brought about the success of the da'wah of the Mujaddideen of the past. It brought about the success of the da'wah of the likes of the Imam of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, Ahmad ibn Hanbal, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. It brought about the success of Shaykh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah, Abu al Abbas. And his da'wah, it brought about the success of the da'wah of Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah ta'ala, and the establishment of the ummah upon the sunnah as-sahihah after their da'wah. And consider the fact that they were just one man, each one of them. One man, calling to Allah upon that which was correct, and that which is established from the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu And thus this da'wah, ikhwan, we have seen numerous examples of how Allah azawajal has established it based upon its simplicity and its beauty. For indeed the Prophet sallallahu he mentioned in deen as a cousin hadith of Abi Huraira radiallahu anhu, in deen yusr. وَلَنْ يُشَادَ دِينَ الدِّينَ أَحَدٌ إِلَّا غَلَبًا فَسَدِّدُوا وَقَارِبُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالْغُدْوَةِ وَالرَّوْحَ وَشَيْءٍ مِنَ الدُّلْجَةِ Indeed, the religion is ease. And no one overburdens himself concerning the religion except that it overpowers him. فَسَدِّدُوا وَقَارِبُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا So do that which is correct. Come as close as possible to correctness. وَأَبْشِرُوا And give glad tidings if you do so. وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالْغُدْوَةِ وَالرَّوْحَ وَشَيْءٍ مِنَ الدُّلْجَةِ And seek the aid of ghudwa setting out in the earliest part of the day. Rawha setting out towards midday. وَشَيْءٍ مِنَ الدُّلْجَةِ And something from setting out by night. Similarly, the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned as occurs in the hadith of Ubay ibn Ka'ab. بَشِّرْ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ بِالسَّنَاءِ وَالْرِفْعَةِ وَالنُّصْرَةِ وَالتَّمْكِينُ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَمَنْ عَمِلَ مِنْهُمْ عَمَلُ الْآخِرَةِ لِلْدُّنْيَا لَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ نَصِيبِ Prophet Sallam, he mentioned, give glad tidings or give the glad tidings to this ummah of excellence and of Nusra, yani of Rif'ah, of them being exalted and raised. And of Nusra, of them being aided. And at Tamkinu fil Ard, of them being established in the earth. Give them the glad tidings. 
And then the Prophet ﷺ, he said, when whomsoever from among them does the acts of the akhirah for the dunya, then they will have in the akhirah no portion. And so it is as though the Prophet ﷺ, by way of this hadith, established the fact that our rif'ah and sana and nusra and tamkeen, that all of these affairs that were mentioned in the beginning of the hadith, that they revolve around ikhlas, sincerity, when our actions and our work and our striving is for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal, then Allah Azza wa Jal blesses this ummah with all of these things, establishes them, grants them khair, gives them ni'am. And I'm, sh- I'm sure someone would have tonight mentioned the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal that indeed Allah Azza wa Jal when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in relation to the affair of tamkeen and in relation to the affair of the ni'am of Allah Azza wa Jal there are two statements of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one of them revolves around blessings ni'am changing to niqam and one of them revolves around niqam changing to ni'am and this is from the beauty of that which Allah Azza wa has blessed us we have that which by way of it we're able to diagnose our problem and we likewise have the dawa we likewise have the cure. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, as occurs in Surah Al-An'am, ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَمْ يَكُمْ مُغَيِّرًا نِعْمَةً أَنْعَمَهَا عَلَى قَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُوا مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Allah mentions that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was never going to change a ni'mah, a blessing that he gave a people until they change that which is within themselves. That is as it relates to ni'am, blessings turning to ni'am. Blessings turning to wretchedness. Allah was not going to change and remove and strip your blessings and blessings that he has given to a people until they change what is within themselves when they first change then slowly but surely those blessings are stripped and that is what we have to ask ourselves each and every one of us since oftentimes we hear many of the brothers saying you know i feel i don't feel the same as i did once once upon a time i used to feel strong yani i was affected by the Ayat of Allah Azza wa Jal Affected by the book of Allah Affected by any the khutab and the sermons Now I don't feel anything really The first thing we need to do is check ourselves Because there is no doubt That something would have changed Something internally Has changed And of course Shaytan slowly but surely Strips that khair from the servant Slowly but surely Perhaps he starts and begins with the stripping of the miswak, thus. And so he used to, mashallah, it was ardent. Yani in the saf, miswak. Wudu, miswak. And as the rows are establishing, you can use the plastic wrappers from the miswak. Slowly but surely, shaitan strips him of that. After the salawat, the rawatim. Rak'atain Maghrib Rak'atain Ba'd al-Isha Slowly but surely Shaitan strips him of that He used to Wear a certain type of garment And would never Have been Seen In anything else Slowly but surely Shaitan strips him of that Then slowly but surely The Shaitan convinces him Concerning his appearance, that the way his beard looks looks a bit rough, and he needs to neaten it. And that now, you know, for you to live, you know, how are you going to get a house without a mortgage? And how are you going to do such and such without doing such and such? 
And how are you going to do, uh, yani establish a business without getting a loan? And slowly but surely, the shaitan leads him down a particular path. This is as it relates to us here in the West. But on a ummah level, it is the changing of the khair that this ummah was upon that has caused ikhwan the wretched state that many of us find ourselves in. And that is a reality. But Allah Azza wa Jal has informed us similarly, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ The cure again is change. Just as the shaitan stripped those affairs from the servant of Allah subtly, similarly, him returning back to his former state and better is by re-implementing those things that have been stripped from him subtly but in incremental stages. Subtle incremental stages. That he sits with himself and reflects. He used to recite the book of Allah regularly. And he was in the masjid a lot more. He used to and he used to and he used to. What's happened? What has happened, Ya Abdullah, is that you've stopped carrying those things out. And you feel the effect of that. Your heart feels the effect of that. And so the affair, Ikhwan, and the cure returns around reversing that which is present or that which has occurred from the enticement of shaitan. And so this affair then of ilm, knowledge being the wasila ila kulli fadila, it is by way of ilm, ikhwan, that we have this, this khayr. It is by way of ilm that we understand our methodology, shara'a lakum min ad-deen ma wassa bihi nuha walladhi awhayna ilayk as Allah Azza wa Jal has mentioned. He has legislated for you from the religion. That which was given to Nuh and that which was revealed to you. It is by way of ilm that we understand the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal in relation to the companions. Allah Azza wa Jal has spoken concerning them. Radiallahu anhum wa radu an. And has laid down that this is our methodology. For every nation we have made a sharia. And a methodology. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he mentions as was collected by Imam al-Tabari, that he mentions concerning the verse, Sabilan wa sunnah. That he has laid down a path and a sunnah. It is by way of knowledge and ilm that we understand that Allah azza wa jal has informed us concerning the differing that occurs within this ummah. وَلَا يَزَالُونَ مُخْتَلِفِينَ إِلَّا مَنْ رَحِمَ رَبُّكَ وَلِذَلِكَ خَلَقَهُمْ That they will not cease to differ. They will not cease to be at difference. Except for those who the mercy of Allah has been upon. We understand therefore that we will not eliminate ikhtilaf. We will not eliminate differing. But we call no doubt to one path. Eliminating ikhtilaf not possible. And so this aids and helps us to understand, ayyuhal ikhwa, how we view calling the ummah islamiyah how we view calling them back to the sunnah. We call them, some will respond and some will remain upon a path that they have cha- taken and chosen for themselves. Likewise, it is by way of ilm that we understand the plots and that we understand that it is possible that certain individuals dislike that which we are upon. Allah Azza wa Jal has informed us in numerous places in the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. وَلَن تَرْضَى عَنْكَ الْيَهُودَ وَلَن نَصَارَى حَتَّى تَتَّبِعَ مِنْ لَتَهُمْ Indeed the Yahud and the Nasara will not be pleased with you until you follow their deen. Allah Azza wa Jal has informed us وَإِن تَصْبِرُوا وَتَتَّقُوا لَا يَدُرُّكُمْ كَيْدَهُمْ شَيْئًا But if you are patient and you have taqwa then the plots of those who plot against you and we're not speaking here particularly about the people of the book anyone 
For indeed Allah Azza wa Jalla has informed us concerning the Kaid and concerning the plots and the plans that have been devised concerning the believers. That has always been the case with those who attribute themselves to Islam and to Iman. إِنَّهُمْ يَكِيدُونَ كَيْدًا وَأَكِيدُ كَيْدًا Allah Azza wa Jal has informed us وَيَمْكُرُونَ وَيَمْكُرُ اللَّهِ And they plot and they plan and Allah Azza wa Jal plots against them. وَاللَّهُ خَيْرُ الْمَاكِرِينَ And Allah Azza wa Jal is the best of those who plot. Allah Azza wa Jal though has informed us as long as you have patience and fear Allah then their plots will not harm you in the slightest. And so there is no need, Ikhwan, for us now to have any crash course in يعني, the qawaid and the principles of the Illuminati. <laughs> and to watch hours and hours and hours of video and YouTube videos that apparently يعني, keep us uh, uh, informed concerning the plots. There is no need. The only thing that we have to do is be patient and have taqwa of Allah Azza wa Jal. Rectify ourselves and Allah Azza wa Jal will deal with the rest. That occurred, Ikhwan, at the time of the Prophet From those who were plotting against the Messenger were those who the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi didn't know of. La ta'lamuhum. Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned from the people of Medina. Individuals maradu ala nifaq. La ta'lamuhum. Nahnu na'lamuhum. That they are rebellious in hypocrisy. You do not know of them. Addressing the messengers, we know of them. And so even at the time of the Prophet, there were individuals plotting and scheming against the believers that not even the messengers knew of. But what was their manner in dealing with that? A sabr wa taqwa. And they left the affair to Allah Azza wa Jal. Concentrate on rectifying yourselves. And that, brothers and sisters, will bring about the rectification of the ummah and will re- reverse affairs. But it is easy to turn attention, Ikhwan, to other than ourselves. Easy. No doubt Allah Azza wa Jal has informed us that our affair, Ikhwan, is regulated by our returning back to Ahlul Ilm. فَإِذَا جَاءَهُمْ أَمْرٌ مِّنَ الْأَمْرِ أَوِ الْخَوْفِ أَذَاعُوا بِهِ وَلَوْ رَدُّوهُ إِلَى الرَّسُولِ وَإِلَىٰ أُولِ الْأَمْرِ مِنْهُمْ لَعَلِمَهُ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَنْبِطُونَهُ مِنْهُمْ Allah Azza wa Jal mentions that if there comes to them an affair of aman, of security, or public, public uh, fear, أَذَاعُوا بِهِ They announce it among the people. But if only they were to return it, وَلَوْ رَدُّوهُ إِلَى الرَّسُولِ Back to the Rasul. And to those who were in charge of their affairs from among the people of knowledge and from among the Umarah. Then it would be known by those who extrapolate from among them. Yani those people of knowledge and those who are individuals who have position and understanding and know how to deal with affairs. They are and would have been the ones that you should return your affair back to in order to take care of and to extrapolate what should be done in every particular issue. And so the Ummah, Ikhwan, is protected from every angle. On an individual level, it is protected. As long as the individual is mindful and guards that which is between him and Allah. On a societal level, it is protected. As long as the society revolves around and remains upon Al-Amr bil-Ma'roof wal-Munkar tawheed On every single level, in relation to that which is connected to the, the other يعني, nations and relations between them, likewise Allah Azza wa Jal has regulated that and that the affair returned back to the ulama and the umara. Ikhwan, there is a statement, a passage that Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala he mentions in Madarij al-Salikin. Uh, and we want to mention this uh, passage since it is a beautiful passage that highlights the manner in which the believers, when they carry 
when they carry out everything that they are, those things that they have been commanded with, the fruit that it brings about, those fruit return back to themselves and return back to them as a whole. A beautiful passage, Ikhwan, that we should uh, reflect upon. He speaks about here the passage, a passage concerning al-wara. And wara is a level of piety, Ikhwan. As some of the scholars have mentioned, it is that one uh, stays away from that which is halal, fearing that one falls into the haram. That is how some have defined it. But it is a level of piety that the believers have been encouraged to strive towards. But he mentions, Ikhwan, Fasl, section Al-Khawf Yuthmir Al-Wara. He mentions the section concerning the fact that fear brings about from its fruit Al-Wara. That is to have khawf of Allah Azza wa Jal. Since the one who fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he carries out that which Allah Azza wa Jal has commanded him. Whether it is a man or a woman, Allah Azza wa Jal has commanded us with affairs just as Allah Azza wa Jal has commanded the women with affairs. Remain in your homes and don't put yourself on display like the display of the Jahiliyatil Ula. Similarly, Allah Azza wa Jal has mentioned, And let them pull their overgarments over their chests. Allah Azza wa Jal has commanded how they should adorn themselves, men and women. All of these verses address the Ummah. When we carry out what we as male and females should have been commanded with, listen to the fruits ikhwan, that come from that. He mentions, Al-Khawfu yuthmiru al-wara wal-isti'ana wa qasr al-amal wa quwwatu al-imani bil-liqai tuthmiru al-zuhud. He mentions, seeking the aid of Allah and having short hope that is short hope in the dunya short expectation that we don't have long-winded expectation that we expect to be here for the next 30 40 50 years 100 years the self of this ummah ikhwan they lived as though they felt they were going to die tomorrow and there is no doubt that the one who lives as though he is going to die tomorrow if it was said to you that you have one day and in your final days today, then you, of course, would know. You can imagine the type of action that you'd carry out if you had one day left. And that was the attitude of the Salaf of this Ummah. And so he mentions seeking the aid of Allah and having short expectation. He said, bil And having strong Iman that we're going to meet Allah Azza wa Jal that brings about zuhud in the dunya, abstention from the dunya. He said, وَالْمَعْرِفَةُ تُثْمِرُ الْمَحَبَّةُ وَالْخَوْفُ وَالْرَجَعُ He said, to have knowledge of Allah brings about love for Allah and hope in Allah and fear of Allah. The more we know Him, the more we have love for Him, the more we fear Him and the more we have hope in Him. He said, وَالْقَنَاءَةُ تُثْمِرُ الْرِضَى He said, and qana'a satisfaction to be satisfied with what Allah Azza wa Jal has allotted for us, that brings about pleasure. Yani, that we're pleased with Allah Azza wa Jal as our Lord. As the Prophet he said, ذَاكَ ذَاكَ طَعْمَ الْإِيمَانِ مَنْ رَضِيَ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّا وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا وَبِمُحَمَّدٍ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ He will taste the sweetness of Iman. Who? The one who is pleased with Allah as his Lord and with Islam as his deen and with Muhammad as his messenger. Ibn al-Qayyim he mentions then that this qana'a being satisfied brings about this rida, this good pleasure yani with Allah جل, with the deen of Allah and with everything that Allah جل, has allotted to us. He said, He said, remembering Allah brings about life to the heart. And every single one of these things, Ikhwan, there is not one of us except that he needs it. He said, Dhikr brings about hayatul, hayat al-qalb. Dhikr brings about 
life to the heart. He said, Wal imanu bil qadar yuthmiru tawakkul. He said, To have iman in qadar, to have iman in the pre decree, then that brings about a tawakkul reliance in Allah. When we know that Allah is the things that occur to us or things that come to us were not going to pass us, then we have a tawakkul and reliance upon Allah. He said, What dawa mutaamul. وَدَّوَامُ تَأَمُّلِ الْأَسْمَاءِ وَالصِّفَاتِ يُثْمِرُ الْمَعْرِفَةِ Constantly reflecting upon the names and the attributes of Allah brings about knowledge of Allah. When we reflect upon not only that which is present within the meaning of the asma'i wa-sifat, but the fruit of those names. When we reflect upon the fact that a particular name, it has fruit. It has fruit that manifests in the dunya, and then it has fruit that manifests within the believer himself. When the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned that Allah Azza wa Jal Yadhakullahu ila Rajulain Yaktul Ahadihim al Akhar Yadhulanil Jannah. That Allah Azza wa Jal laughs at two men who fight each other and they both enter Jannah. Yukatilu hadha fi sabilillah, fayuktal. This one fights fi sabilillah and then he is killed. Then Allah Azza wa Jal turns to the other and he repents, he makes tawbah and he accepts Islam and he enters Jannah. One of the companions they said, Ya Rasulullah, Allah Azza wa Jal laughs. Allah laughs. Prophet said, Naam. He said, by Allah, I will never give up hope in a Lord that laughs. One sifa from the sifat of Allah Azza wa Jal changed his whole outlook. Wallahi, I would never give up hope in a Lord that laughs. And that is, ikhwan, in relation to one sifa. So imagine studying the names and the attributes of Allah, what is present within them from, from meaning, what is present within them from attribute, the names and the attributes, the meaning of the, those names, the effect of those names upon the creation, the effect that it will have upon the arif and the one who is acquainted with that. He mentions that it brings, therefore, it brings about ma'rifah, brings about a person being acquainted with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, وَالْوَرَعْ Having this level of piety and wara' It brings about abstention from the dunya likewise. He said, What tawbah to tuthmirul muhabba aydan? He said, I'm making tawbah brings about love for Allah as well. This is from the fruit of tawbah. He mentions, Naam. What dawamu dhikr yuthmiruha? Constantly remembering Allah brings about this same love. He said, What rida yuthmiru shukr? Being pleased brings about thankfulness. And some of these are affairs that he's mentioned previously. Yani zuhud brings about such and such. Wara' brings about zuhud. This brings about ma'rifah. Asma wa sifat. Dhikr brings about tawakkul. Uh, uh, belief in qadr brings about tawakkul. These are things, ikhwan, if we see, we have something of, some. Yani we have circles manifesting in his kalam. That this brings about that. And that has a knock and effect and brings about more of this. He mentions, He mentions, Firm resolve and patience both bring about uh, all affairs, all of the ahwal wal maqamat, all affairs and uh, 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 realizations. He said, Wal ikhlas, was sidq. He said, Ikhlas and truthfulness and Sidq. And the intent with Sidq is not only truthfulness, but being true to Allah Azza wa Jal, being sincere and true to Allah that they bring about each other. He mentions, Yuthmirani, Yuthmirani al Akhar. Kullun minhuma, Yuthmirani al Akhar. The one who is sincere. Then it increases him being true, truthful, and true to Allah Azza wa Jal. When he is true to Allah, it increases his ikhlas. When his ikhlas increases, 
it increases him being true to Allah. And so this individual, if this continues, what type of individual ikhwan is that walking upon the face of the earth? And so Allah Azza wa Jal praise the companions in that regard. Praise them as people who carried out that which Allah Azza wa Jal has placed upon them. The Prophet informed us of an individual who when he was told about Jannah, the Prophet he approached the Messenger of Allah. The Messenger informed him, and this was during a battle, informed him about Jannah. And he said that verily I can smell it. I can smell its fragrance towards the mountain. And so he had a date in his hand. He threw the date and he took his sword and he entered into the enemy and he fought and he was killed. And prior to that, he said that if I see any of the enemy, then I'm going to fight in a manner. I'm going to fight with the fighting or the like of which you have not seen before. And so he, when he came to the battlefield, the date that he had in his hand, he threw the date and he entered into the enemy and he fought and he was killed. And so the Prophet ﷺ, when he heard of his death, he said that indeed he was truthful to Allah. So Allah remained true to him. And he fulfilled the promise that he had given to him. He mentions Rahimahullah Ta'ala. This ma'rifah that is mentioned previously in more than one place, this ma'rifah of Allah, it brings about khuluq. It brings about correct character. And this issue, ikhwan, is something that is important since we oftentimes hear the people saying, you know, the people of Sunnah, they have such bad manners. And when people make this statement, ikhwan, it is oftentimes... Because of the fact that the reality is they themselves don't know what good manners is, really. Their understanding of good manners is an understanding that is warped with ikhwaniya and with tabligiya and with ahadith da'ifa and with narrations, ikhwan that are makdhuba, weak narrations by way of which they understand what good manners is. That's number one. Number two, what they usually mean is they don't like the good being enjoined with them and they don't like the evil being forbade. That is usually what, what it really actually means. Such bad manners, yani, that they inform them, yeah, this is not correct, you shouldn't really do such and such. And that is what has irked to them. And so they leave that individual saying, yeah, these people they have such bad manners. And if you were to read some of the narrations, if one of the Salaf and them enjoining good with each other and forbidding the evil with each other, what is it that they would say about them? If they really studied the Sunnah, studied the Athar of the Salaf. And so these people don't understand what is good manners. And then that which is established from the act of the companions, from the actions of the Salaf of this Ummah. I don't understand. That is not to say that there is no bad manners among the people of Sunnah. There is, of course. It is natural, Ikhwan. People are human, human. But this thing that is being circulated, that the people of Sunnah and the Salafis have bad manners, Ikhwan it is based upon a warped understanding of what manners is, what good manners is. We mentioned earlier, Ikhwan, that which is related to Tasfiyah and Tarbiyah. Tasfiyah and Tarbiyah likewise enters into, into the affair of Akhlaq and Suluk. Akhlaq and Suluk, ayyuhal Ikhwa, is something that returns back to authentic Hadith. 
It is not something ikhwan, that is plucked from our understanding of what good good manners is, what good good akhlaq and good manners are. That is not ikhwan, something that uh, is taken from the aql and from the intellect. This is something that is taken from the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah. And then it is manifest upon the uh, statements and the actions of the companions. That is our understanding of manners. And so, when it is said that these people have bad manners, and what they usually mean, Ikhwan, is that they don't like that good be enjoined and that evil be forbade. That they would much prefer to be left alone. And so, when someone has good intent for them and desires good for them and doesn't wish to see them carrying out that which will bring about and bring to them the anger of Allah and thus out of that sincerity that is in the heart they forbid them and they inform them of the fact that this is something that shouldn't be done it is said that these people they have bad manners so he mentions here that this ma'rifah, this knowledge of Allah Azza wa Jalla, it brings about al-khuluq. Wal-fikru, he mentions, yuthmiru al-azimah. Reflecting upon Allah brings about firm resolve. When a person reflects upon the verses of Allah, that which Allah Azza wa Jalla has carried out with previous nations, how Allah Azza wa Jalla has blessed some, how Allah Azza wa Jalla punished others, what Allah has laid down as the uh, principles of rectification and so on, what does it bring about? It brings about azima, firm resolve within the heart of the believer that he knows that I must do such and such because Allah in the past has fulfilled this to such and such a people because they did such and such. And so reflecting upon that which Allah has revealed, reflecting upon that which Allah has done to people of the past, reflecting upon what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has carried out with the believers and with the disbelievers of old brings about firm resolve uh, he said he mentions that being cognizant of Allah it brings about the utilization of one's time in the best manner and one preserves his days and shame. He said, Wal khashyatu wal inaba wa imatatun nafs wal khashyatu wal inaba and it brings about fear and it brings about this return back to Allah Azza wa Jal. He said, Wa imatatun nafsi wa idlaliha wal wa idlaluha wa kasruha yujibu hayatil kalb wa izzahu wa jabrahu. He said, that for a person, he mentions here, imatatun nafs. And what is intended by imatatun nafs is that a person, yani, he has self-sacrifice. And he doesn't consider himself, yani, he isn't yani, self-aggrandizing. Yani, he is humble. And he looks or he considers himself or thinks little of himself and that is not in any way a bad characteristic not thinks little of himself in the sense that he dishonors and disrespects himself but he doesn't consider himself anything major or great among the people and he remains humble even though he is noble and even though he may be noble but he considers himself and he little irrelevant as the self of this woman there are many statements that came from them in that regard they weren't proud arrogant haughty yani vainglorious rather they were individuals who were humble and they considered themselves irrelevant when the verses were revealed freeing her from the accusations that were made against her. She said, by Allah, I didn't think that I thought that what would happen was that Allah would show the Messenger something in a dream by way of which he would know of my innocence. 
But by Allah, I did not think that Allah would reveal verses that would be recited until Yom Al-Qiyamah. And she, she, she said concerning herself that I didn't consider myself such that or one that Allah would reveal verses concerning. I just thought that the Prophet would have seen in a dream that it wasn't true. And so that is the nature of the believer, Ikhwan. He said, then this brings about life to the heart and nobility, Izza. When he, when he carries himself in that manner, it raises him. It raises him. When he's humble, then it raises him. Be humble. As occurs in those lines of poetry, Tawadu'atakun kashamsi. لاحن لناظر على سفحات الماء وهو رفيع ولا تك كالدخان يعلو بنفسه إلى طبقات الجو وهو رديء. He said, be humble, and you will be like the sun upon the surface of water, even though it is high in the sky. And don't be like smoke raising by yourself. Up into the atmosphere Even though it is base and lowly and despicable That is a reality That is the case Ikhwan In particular In relation to the affairs of Ilm and knowledge And da'wah And calling to Allah And affiliating oneself to this Remain humble As some of the Salaf they used to say La tatakallam فيما لا تعلم بكلام من يعلم فحسبك جهلا من عقلك أن تنطق بما لا تفهم لا تتكلم don't speak concerning that which you do not know بكلام من يعلم with the speech of one who knows فحسبك جهلا من عقلك أن تنطق بما لا تفهم it is sufficient ignorance for you that you utter something you don't understand Remain humble. He mentions, and we're coming to the end of the passage, Ikhwan. He mentions, وَمَعْرِفَةُ النَّفْسِ وَمَقْتُهَا يُوجِبُ الْحَيَاءَ الْحَيَاءَ مِنَ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ Knowing oneself and مَقْتُهَا and despising oneself. And what he refers to here is despising the, the carnal desires and the yearnings of the soul and the evil of the soul. When one despises that, it brings about shame from Allah. It brings about shyness in front of Allah Azza wa Jal. وَاسْتِكْثَارُ مَا مِنْهُ وَاسْتِقْلَالُ مَا مِنْكَ مِنَ الطَّاعَةِ He said, and it causes one to be plentiful and increase in being shy before Allah. And to uh, de- decrease in uh, those things that have come from you, and to increase in obedience, he said, and it removes uh, It removes the effect of the claims that people make, or the claims that one make from the heart and from the tongue. He said, basira." Having clear sightedness brings about yaqeen and certainty. He said, and for a person to reflect correctly, having good reflection upon that which one sees from the signs that are around you, and that which one hears from the ayat that are uh, recited uh, uh, in the book of Allah Azza wa Jal brings about sound basira, sound clear-sightedness. Sound clear-sightedness. And after mentioning all of those affairs, he rounds up by saying, وَمِلَاكُ ذَلِكَ kulli." He said, that which will regulate all of this. Amran, are two affairs. 
أحدهما the first of them أن تنقل قلبك من وطن الدنيا وتسكنه في وطن الآخرة he said the first thing is that you take your heart and you remove it from living in the dunya and you make it live in the hereafter you take it you remove its residence from the dunya to the akhirah and of course ikhwan that is not something that we can physically do but that one lives his heart is in the akhirah his heart is not connected to the dunya just as the Salaf used to say about the Salaf themselves, that the Sahaba Ridwan alayhim, as Imam Ahmad and others mentioned, and Imam Ibn al-Qayyim likewise, that they, the difference between them and us is that the dunya was not in their hearts, even though it may have been in their hands. While we, the dunya is in our hearts, even though we do not have it in our hands. Yani the heart is connected to the dunya. From the morning to the evening, striving after the dunya. Why? Because the heart is here. The heart is residing in the wrong place. The, the striving of the believer is to cause his heart to dwell in the akhirah. To transport his heart to the hereafter. Because he is soon to take up residence within it. And that is done by all of the things that he mentioned previously. The dhikr of Allah, the remembrance of Allah, the enjoining of the good, the forbidding of the evil, reflecting upon the asma'i wa sifat, the call to tawheed, the affair of, of, of uh, tawakkul and reliance and sabr and all of these things that he mentions. With this, ikhwan, we have the rectification of the individual. And when individuals are rectified, then no doubt the, the society is rectified. And when the society is rectified, we have the establishment of the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He mentions the first thing is that you remove it from dwelling in the dunya and you make it live in the akhirah. Connect it to the hereafter. And that is how many of us were, Ikhwan, in the beginning of our practice. Why? Because, Ikhwan, we used to, we used to read about the, the, the day of judgment. And we used to read and study Yom Al-Qiyamah. And we used to study about Jannah and read the ayat and the books that were authored around Jannah and the Nar. We would study that day and night. And thus the heart was connected to that. He mentions, that is the first thing he said, Thumma tuqbil bihi kulli ala ma'ani al-Qur'an wa wa He said then that you take your heart after you cause it to reside in the akhirah you take it from the dunya you make the heart reside in the akhirah then he mentions there and after you turn towards that which is in the quran the meanings of the verses within the quran and you leave or you make the heart reflect upon that which is in the book of allah and its meanings its verses its commands and its prohibitions. The heart is connected not only to the akhirah, but while it resides within the dunya, while it is here, yani before that individual has passed away, it resides in the akhirah and it is connected to the Quran, connected to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, وَفَحْمِ مَا يُرَادُ مِنْهُ وَمَا نَزَلَ مِنْ أَجْلِهِ وَأَخْذِ نَصِيبِكَ وَحَظِّكَ مِنْ كُلِّ آيَةٍ مِنْ آيَاتِ وَتُنْزِلَهَا عَلَى دَاءِ قَلْبِكَ He said that you take therefore, you understand that which is intended by way of it. You understand what it was revealed for, what those verses were revealed for. 
you take your portion from it and from every verse. He said, and then you place that upon the sickness that is in your heart. You place it, you pick it up and you apply that to the da, the sickness that is within your heart. And he ends by saying, فَهَذِهِ طَرِيقٌ مُخْتَصَرًا قَرِيبَةٌ سَهْلًا مُوسِلَ إِلَى الرَّفِيقِ الْآلَى He said, this therefore is the short, short, easy path. The concise, short and easy path that will cause a person to reach the highest dwelling. That which is related to Jannah and the abode with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With that, Ikhwan will round up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa fikra wa iyaakum lima yuhibbuhu wa yaruzah. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbi.